we've been expected as Black women to change ourselves so much to fit into white dominant culture. I'm a part of the Isha babies, which if you remember, if you're aware, um, here that kind of has the connotation that I am a single mother on welfare mm. with 50,000 kids and a bunch of baby daddies and all of those things and no education. Delisha is an author, writer, and social change agent. She amplifies the voices of Black women and is founder of Black Superwomen Chronicles. Delisha is currently a doctoral student where she looks to tackle the lack of diversity and inclusion in leadership within nonprofits. Delisha and I first connected on LinkedIn after I saw her repost a TikTok video from an individual who was claiming to speak on behalf of HR and suggested those with, and I quote, hood names use their middle less hood name in job applications. In today's episode, Delisha and I discuss her experiences with a name that may invoke certain connotations, becoming comfortable with her name and correcting people when they spell or say it wrong, and becoming comfortable in her skin. Names enriched with meaning are part of one's identity and hold such importance. Welcome to That's My Name. I'm Maya Mitzko, September Welford. What's your name? Delisha, hi, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really, really excited to have you on as a guest. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. Um, so you and I connected after I saw a post on LinkedIn. So you had reposted someone's TikTok video and they were speaking about the fact that they are judging people by their names. They're saying that if you have, and I quote, a hood name, you should actually use your middle name if that's less hood. And then when you get through the door um, to an interview, for example, you should start code switching. Um, and that is basically the, the person's advice, get a job or how to kind of, yeah, get within the workplace. Um, so I was really, really intrigued by that. I saw that you reposted it and, and kind of disagreed with what the TikTok um, video was advising. Um, and, you know, I, I read a bit of your the commentary around that. And, you know, I know that you had to get comfortable with your name. Um, you know, people have spelt your name wrong, said your name wrong. Um, so I'd love to discuss that um, that bit more today. Um, so, yeah, how how did you kind of feel when you saw that TikTok video? What was your reaction? Yeah, so um, I have been following a lot of HR folks on TikTok. And so mm -hmm. that's my TikTok's kind of comfortable. Uh, common to have that kind of um, discussion around okay. things that are related to human resources. And so um, when I saw that come across my feed, I was actually taken aback by the fact that um, this, you know, African-American woman is essentially saying that in order to make it and get ahead that I had to change something yeah. about myself that is just so you know it's with you from the moment you you you're born and mm -hmm. so uh, I definitely disagreed with that I definitely felt like message especially in the climate that we're in right now and yeah. the fact that we've been expected as um BIPOC folks really um but uh, I'll speak to my my own self and my own narrative we've been expected as black women to change ourselves so much to fit into white dominant culture um yeah. that this was just another misguided um 
I think moment where she's probably learned that over the years um, and, and learned that throughout her own life that in order for her to get ahead, maybe she's had to do some changing, but to continue that narrative forward for the next group of folks that start up behind me, I think that is just doing a disservice to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with you. And I think it's, it's just kind of perpetuating uh negativity around certain groups or a kind of around certain names um around certain groups that have certain names and I think it is posts like that are dangerous because it's kind of just perpetuating that rather than you know using the, the the person who posted that could use her platform and use her voice to actually say this is what's been going on this is what's been happening you know you may have been advised to change your name but actually that's your name um, it's a, as you said, a really, really important part of you and of your identity. Um, so yeah, I really, really agree with you on that. Um, and I know that on your LinkedIn, you had kind of said that you had to get comfortable with your name. Um, so has that been quite a kind of journey or a process for you? Yeah, so, um, you know, my name, of course, Delisha, my middle name is Denise. Um, and I had to get comfortable with my name being my name. And and mm -hmm. I mentioned a little bit about this on LinkedIn about how my name has been um, aligned with some negative thoughts um, as, yeah. and as it relates to, you know, I'm a part of the Isha babies, which if you remember, if you're aware, um, here that kind of has the connotation that I am a single mother on welfare mm -hmm. with 50,000 kids and a bunch of baby daddies and all of those things and no education. And so that's the background that, you know, folks with Isha and Felicia and Via and all of these, you know, things at the end of their names kind of are up, up against from yeah. the moment that they have these names. And so the other piece I mentioned is the fact that over the years, I would say is my earliest memories, I can remember being five and having grown men um, kind of do this sort of sexual innuendo with me regarding wow. my name. And so throughout my entire life, folks have made the, the joke, oh, your name is delicious. Does that mean, or delicious, does that mean that you're sweet? Like, are you delicious? And so wow. like, or, oh, like a stripper, like I've had folks actually come up and say that. Um, wow. And so I've had to one, get tough skin and not mm. allow it to injure my person you know, in my, in my mental and to grow up and have a mouth on me that's like, no, yeah. you're not about to, you're not about to do these things. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting journey with my name, but there came a point in, in my life. I was just like, I wouldn't change it for the world um, at all because it's, it's all I know. And I'm mm -hmm. not real keen on going by my middle name. I, I rarely use it at all. So yeah. 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 No, that, that, that's, it's quite shocking that from the age of five, you know, you were having comments um, about your name, um, especially like kind of maybe sexual comments or, or comments um, kind of in in that way. Um, it's, it's quite sad, I think. It is quite sad. And, and you know, you said that you had to develop a tough skin and, and develop resilience around that. So how how have you reacted um you know when people behave quite negatively towards your name yeah and just kind of going back on the you know the the young piece um i think there is a huge uh thing uh that relates to black girls that we are essentially uh, adultified 
very mm-hmm. early on. So we think about that whole piece and how black girls are seen as older when they're when they're younger and mm-hmm. our bodies are more criticized. And so when I think about that, it kind of aligns with that thinking in terms of how folks have treated my name. Um, so I do want to name that piece. I, I have recently just kind of started to get really comfortable with not only my name, but also my hair texture and how I show yeah. up in white dominant spaces. And so yeah. I would say there was a, a good friend of my, mine, um, Maloran Hodge, who works with me at, at my, my full time. And she is one of the, the Black women that I remember meeting at my, at my current job where I was like, wow, she's got like this reddish purple hair and she's got this fro and she's mm. just so proud and she's got this accent, which I usually have an accent and mm. I like code switching. And I was like, yeah, a lot. Even now I can hear myself like code switching it off. And yeah. so I, you know, it was women like her and other women that I was able to be around in my current environment, other black women that I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't shorten my name because that was one of the things that I did a lot of was shorting it from Delisha to just say, hey, call me D because I don't have time okay. to correct you all day about my name and get six different variations of it. But at some point in the last few, I think in the pandemic, I was like, hey, I'm gonna not go by D anymore. I'm going by my yeah. full name because I should be able to fully show up at work and be comfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. And I'm just no longer going to subscribe that you can't say my name. Um, if I have to onboard, you know, a bunch of people with a bunch of different names that I'm not necessarily used to saying, it takes nothing for me to stop and say, hey, how do you pronounce your name before beginning? And then actively reminding myself and using my my muscle memory to make sure that I get it correct every time. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I've combated. I've kind of just decided that screw everybody. I'm just going to go by what it is that I want to go by, wear my hair the way I want to wear it, dye it the color I want to dye it. You're either going to accept that or you're not. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think what I picked up there is that, you know, having other people that look like you, that sound like you within the workplace is so important. That kind of, you know, having others that you can either look up to or or be role models or feel like you're actually represented within the workplace or within society too. I think that's super, super important. And and what I also heard from you there is the fact that, you know, it's, it's way more than like just a name. It's, you know, who you are, it's your identity. It's, you know, your, your kind of background. Um, so I think, well, I guess by you kind of owning your name or feeling empowered to kind of own your name, it's it's kind of giving that message that, you know, you do belong in the workplace and that's like all of you that belongs in the workplace, not this kind of version of, the, of you that feels like you have to kind of conform um, to kind of what the workplace is, is structured like. So I think that's super, super important, definitely. Um, and have your experiences kind of influenced how you've named your children? Yeah, so my kids, um, I have a daughter and a son, and they both have what I would consider easy to pronounce names. Um, okay. But I, my naming them didn't really, you know, it didn't really influence. My name didn't influence how I named them. So my daughter's name is Leah. And um, we kind of, that wasn't even supposed to be her name. Name was supposed to be Layla. And mm-hmm. her grandmother actually is responsible for naming her. I just Aww. wanted to make sure that her middle name had a biblical um, yeah. attachment to it. And then my mm-hmm. son, um, I always tell folks the joke that my son's name came from his dad. And 
he, he named him after a video game actually okay and so it had nothing to do like it yeah. was just like I want to this is the name and then his middle name of course comes from um his father's best friend who passed from MS okay. and so yeah. which also has a biblical name to it as well and so that was kind of how their names came about um mm -hmm. if I found a name that had an Isha that I liked and felt like it was it was you know something I wanted to name Mm -hmm. um, you know, my daughter or something else for my son, I definitely would have done so without batting an eye. Um, mm -hmm. I just, they, those are the names that kind of generated from other folks. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. They're lovely names. So I know that you mentioned that you haven't kind of necessarily changed your name and you've, um, you know, on your CV or during job applications. Um, have you ever considered doing this? No. Um, and so it was interesting to get that that side of it. So I'm my yeah. like I mentioned before, I am a doctoral student at University of Dayton and my um dissertation is right now supposed to be on code switching. Okay. And yeah. I and I just in reading through the literature, one of the things I found is that people actually um do this they do kind of like yeah. a whiteness you know ethnic cleansing i think this was uh, someone referred to it in one of the the literature reviews where they erase um ethnic sounding organizations from their uh resume as well as shorten their wow. name to the first letter and then using their middle name or just starting with their middle name and i had never heard of that concept before yeah. Um, because I, that's just not something I would ever consider doing, it, even in the most un, um, uncomfortable periods with my name and me yeah. doing and working through that. I've never thought about changing my name on any document to mm. to say anything. Now I might let you shorten it, yeah. But you know that's something that my family shortens my name. Like no, my family yeah. doesn't really call yeah. my name, so I'm used to the shortened variation. But never would I ever think to change something about myself on my resume because my skills speak for themselves yeah um, like like who I am as a, as a as an employee speaks for itself and the work that I do speaks for itself so if you can't get past the fact that my name ends in Isha then I probably don't need to be in that environment yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and do you ever think that you have been kind of disadvantaged because of your name I, I don't know you know it's probably might be difficult to, to know but do you think that you've ever kind of missed out on a job opportunity or something like that because because of your name yeah, so I would assume I, I'm gonna assume yes <laughs> because okay. I am a black yeah. woman working in yeah. America, and I know mm -hmm. and have experienced discrimination. Mm -hmm. Um, at my mother's name is Diane, and yeah. she talks about when she was going on job interviews. And her name is a what we would consider a standard name, and when yeah. she would show up, they'd be surprised because mm -hmm. she wasn't a white woman. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what they were expecting by her phone presence and her name. And so I think that my name is, is actually a, a great advantage that I have because yeah. up front, you already know that I am a Black person. Mm -hmm. I'm at least a person of color. You at least can tell that from um, my name specifically. That's the way I've always felt. Other folks might yeah. feel differently. Uh, but I've always felt you at least know that I'm a person of color from my mm -hmm. name. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. that kind of allows you to make the determination of whether or not you are going to pull me in for an interview or discriminate against me based mm -hmm. off my name. And so I think before I even get to the job itself, a lot of those folks decide for me whether or not they're willing to have me come in 
um, or they're, you know, the name is a deterrent and they don't want to deal with it. And so I'm mm-hmm. grateful for that fact because I'm pretty sure that's probably saved me from a lot of different pointless okay. interviews. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I would say uh, that more than likely, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably um, been a discriminating factor, but there are so many other things. Uh, I'm a darker skinned black woman. Yeah. There, there, I've had comments about, oh my God, you write so well, you know, microaggressions. Wow. And there's just so many yeah. different things that I think I can think of that I can actively name as, uh, you know, discriminatory that I, the name piece probably happens, but I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I guess this is kind of maybe a bit off topic, but linked to kind of what you've just spoken about, um, the whole kind of, well, discrimination piece and experiencing microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Do you think that things have been improving over kind of your working life? Have you seen a kind of positive shift? Have you seen things get worse? Thinking back now to your name, does it have a meaning? Yeah, so I I don't know how true this is. I have definitely, whenever I type my name in, I'm like yeah. looking for a meaning. It translates in Latin to delicia, which means delightful. So the oh, spelling okay. of my name is just a variation of that name, which ends up meaning delightful. Um, mm-hmm. And I always tell folks my middle name means goddess of wine. So I okay. say I guess I'm a delightful goddess of wine and I don't drink. So there's that. So <laughs> that you know, kind of, kind of interesting how names kind of attach these meanings onto you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's not 100% me. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And do you know how your name was chosen? So fun fact, again, my mom... Um, uh, was in love with the uh, series a different world and so and that was a series that I grew up on as well it definitely came from that era of you know that that show made me want to go to college and all that fun stuff and so there's a character on the show named Julissa and my mom just kept hearing that name and like getting it wrong Um, and so she thought (laughs) that that the name that they were saying all those times was Delisha and so that's what she ended up naming me and because she thought it was just a very nice sounding name but of course as you can tell she's she was obviously hearing the wrong name um and so yeah so that's kind of the story behind how my name came about and I only know maybe about two to three other folks personally that have that name Um, and what's really different I think that I find uh I found of course on LinkedIn that there are other folks and on like Twitter and stuff that have my exact name um but I the L is actually capital in my name and some folks love to lowercase it and that's Uh, not how you spell it the the L is the actual um the capital L is actually the way you spell my name which I don't see many folks having that variation but the name is still the same yeah oh okay interesting interesting and um, yeah, going on to the kind of like the spelling piece, people spelling your name um, incorrectly. Have you had any other kind of different spellings of your name? Yes. So I will spell, my name is at the bottom of my signature and people will still get it wrong. I've <laughs> yeah. had D-E-L-E-E-S-H-A. I've had Delicia. I've had, you know, I've had someone say Felicia. Like that wow. when I'm on the phone, folks will will call me everything. It's as if they don't hear the D, and so they yeah. automatically go with Felicia or Alicia. And it's like, nope, there's a D. And so I've gotten really good at stopping people at the beginning and saying, nope, that's not how you say that. It's actually Delicia. 
yeah. um, and just like reinforcing that so that I can feel affirmed in whatever environment I'm in and I'm not, you know, secretly uncomfortable or mm. upset at the fact that my name is being spelled wrong and yeah. or said wrong and um, still having to work or, uh, you know, communicate in the environment. So I've yeah. gotten used to just stopping people up front. Yeah. And how have you got any kind of tips on how to do that? Because if I think about myself and even just this morning, I was having a, a conversation with someone and she was like, hi, Maya. And that's that's not how you pronounce my name. You pronounce it Maya. Um and I just, I think it's something that I personally struggle with and it's something that I'm trying to get better at is I sometimes don't feel able to just kind of say, okay, um, my name's actually pronounced Maya. Like I, I, I just, so I, there's something, maybe it's a confidence thing. I don't know really what it is, but do you have any kind of tips or techniques about, you know, how I can kind of or how others um who are listening to this can kind of correct people with the pronunciation of their names because I think it's so important I think for me if if someone said it wrong the first time and I haven't corrected them then I feel more and more and more and more awkward the more they say my name wrong and I'm like oh I wish I just kind of corrected them the first time but yeah do you have any tips yeah, so there is a woman, and I'm praying that I don't get her name wrong, but she was on um, the show Orange is the New Black. I believe her name is pronounced okay. Uzo um, Aduba, and if I am saying that wrong, I apologize, but she played the character Crazy Eyes, yeah. and in her, um, there was, she did an interview one day, and she said, uh, she was talking to her mother about her name, and you know, can she just shorten it and X, Y, and Z and all these things. And her mother said to her something of the, to the effect of if they can pronounce, um, you know, Tchaikovsky or however you pronounce that name, yeah, um, then yep, yep, they are going to yep. be able to say Uzo. And I said, you know what? You're 100% correct. Yeah. And I've got to go into situations with that mentality. If yeah. I am going to give it my all to pronounce names that I am not comfortable with and part of my job is onboarding where I okay. work so I mm -hmm. am the face that folks meet when they come through the door and that means a lot of different names we have a, a, a company that has 140 people yeah um and so there's a lot of names and if I'm going to you know work in this space then you've got to get my name right and I've got to get your name right yeah I understand that it's it's an uncomfortable feeling especially as a BIPOC person working in a white dominant environment mm -hmm. it can kind mm -hmm. of be very difficult to correct someone, especially if there's power dynamics, if that person is, you know, over you or higher up than you. And I've had yeah. that. Um, and I had to kind of put my stamp and say, hey, that's not how you say my name. <laughs> like you mm. have to say my name correctly because I've gone through years and years of, of trauma associated with my name. I, I mm. and, and I refuse to allow anyone to not respect me on the simple um, way of just pronouncing my name correctly. And I think it changes the air when you allow folks to pronounce your name incorrectly. Um, yeah. It changes how you walk. It changes how you vibe in the, in the space that you're in. And so it's important for me to show up in spaces that is like, hmm, no, this is my name. And I know even at my company, it took some getting used to and still folks slip up and they'll shorten my name to D, but they'll catch themselves. And I, mm. I appreciate that. Like mm -hmm, you're catching mm -hmm. yourself and I yeah. don't have to say anything or someone else will say, you know, it. or I've had folks in my, you know, doctoral classes say, 
you know, to someone on the back end who said my name wrong. Um, it happened maybe two weeks ago, a classmate said my name wrong. And I assumed the person on the back end messaged them because they came off speaker again, okay. thank that person for messaging them and saying, hey, I got your name wrong, Delisha, you know, and saying it right. And it, it and all it takes is that, that sort of allyship um, yeah. as well of folks to be able to stand with you and, and that know how to pronounce your name and helping you kind of get those messages across. So I would say to anyone that's having those difficulties that if you can't stand on nothing else, like Marlo Stanfield said in The Wire, your name is your name. My name mm-hmm. is my name. That's like yeah. the foundation of how you, you meet me as a person and then you get to know my name. And that's yeah. where conversation starts. So if you can't get that right, then how can we go forward? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah is there anything else on names that you'd like to share yeah no I think when it comes to your name write it down say it out correct people when they get it wrong mm. and be you because you only have one life and yeah. if you're sitting here you know worried about you know your name or allowing folks to change you or you know tell you you should go buy something else those folks don't live a day in your shoes Uh, And what worked for them won't necessarily work for you. And the lessons that we've been taught as BIPOC folks in America specifically um, on how to code switch and how to show up Mm -hmm. in white dominant spaces are just things that work for our parents, work for our aunts and uncles and things like that in their time. And it really didn't work then. So at some point, we've got to kind of cut that cord and, and decide that we're going to step out and be our full selves as much as we can be within mm-hmm. these environments and fight for more opportunities to be more of our full selves in, mm-hmm. in these work environments because we deserve it. Yeah. Um, and your name is your name. Wear it proudly, say it proudly, and make sure that they say it correctly. Yeah, I like that. So you've mentioned that you're doing your fifth degree and you're currently writing your dissertation and it's focused on code switching. I would personally love to read it once you're finished because it sounds very, very interesting. Um, So yeah, what are you up to at the moment? Yeah, so I know it's kind of crazy talking about fifth, you know, degree. I have an associate's, a bachelor's, and master's, and I actually have a graduate certificate um, in teaching. And so technically this is my fifth. Yeah, just want to make yeah. sure I name that because folks are like yeah. nine degrees. What are you like? I have a <laughs> student. I am not. I this is it. I'm not doing no more after this. Uh, I you don't say that to. now. No, I'm done. I'm uh, uh-uh, not doing it. But yeah, no. I like I said, being a doc student takes up a lot of my my time. I also uh, run a you know curated space for Black women. It's called Black okay. Superwoman Chronicles. Um, yeah. We actually revamped it in the middle of a pandemic last year, so we're cel- we just celebrated a year back um, in May. And yeah. so that space is really, uh, I created a space because there was a need to amplify the narratives of Black women and allow them to showcase the different sides of themselves um, and kind of dispel some of these um, stereotypes that uh, come out uh, and up against Black women. Mm-hmm. So just giving mm-hmm. them a platform for that. And there's also uh, creating a space of advocacy for those mm-hmm. narratives so mm-hmm. that they could mm-hmm. see that they had a large community supporting them. And so I'm really excited about the work that I get to do with Black Superwoman Chronicles. It is a passion project of mine, um, yeah. something that I've, I've always advocated in, in spaces for Black women um, because I feel like our narratives become whispers 
um, and they're not hurt all the time. And so that's definitely something that I try to make sure that I give back and create space for in whatever mm-hmm. I am doing. So that's kind of what takes up my time between that and school and being a mom. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now being a, a fiance as of last week, I am oh. just kind of busy. Oh, well, congratulations on that. That's exciting. Thank you so much. And with um, Black Superwoman Chronicles, is that uh, open to kind of Black women globally or is it focused on kind of America? Okay, okay. Yes, no, Black whoever identifies as, um, you know, a Black woman from wherever you are. So I would definitely love to tap into more of, you know, the folks overseas in the UK and other other countries to definitely showcase and share their work. And we, like I said, we do it from an amplification of their narratives through their art and culture. So that's specifically what we focus on. So poetry and short stories, visual arts and music and things like that. That's kind of what we post. And our website is bswchronicles.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at bswchronicles. Amazing. Yeah. Hopefully lots of people will follow and also I think it is a super super um help I think yeah I think an, an important and a very necessary platform um so I hope that more people as a result of this um join um how can people connect with you I know you've you've called out kind of the Instagram handle for Black Superwoman Chronicles is that the best way for people to connect with you um is there any any way else that people can connect yeah, so you definitely follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm constantly trying to stay abreast of what's happening and post things that I find interesting, especially as it relates to DEI work, HR, yeah. um, you know, ops. That's kind of my background is in org leadership. And so I post a lot of that content. So if you're looking for that, you can definitely search me on LinkedIn. My first and last name, Delicia Sylvester. Um, like I said before, uh, BSW Chronicles on Instagram is definitely the way to go if you're looking for um, me. And I also have my own Instagram that's separate from that brand. And it is just my first and last name on Instagram. So if you search that, you should be able to find me um, as well. Brilliant. Well, Delisha, thank you so much for your time today um, for a really, really great conversation. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, I've definitely learned a lot and it's been very, very thought provoking um, and has given me some stuff to reflect on. So thank you so much for your time and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so with microaggressions, here's the thing. The thing about them is that there are some that are really blatant and then there Mm. are some that folks just don't know because they come second nature to them. Um, and so I think about like the comment I just made about, oh, you write so well, oh, you, you know, you, you, you talk. So, you know, those types of, um, you know, or even, even, um, when I was talking about on Twitter over the weekend, this idea that I'm a magical person. Um, Mm -hmm. and so when folks say to me, oh my God, can you work your magic or, oh my God, you're, you're magic because you're able to fix this problem or you're magic Mm -hmm. because of the way you're thinking about this right now, your, your mind is so magical. And it's like, that kind of takes away my humanity and puts me that this sort of spiritual place that the only way that I could solve this issue for you is by tapping into some um, mystical resource that I have wow. from being yeah. a black woman. And I hate that to the core. And I, I try my best to call that out 
um, as best as I can, because it's really important that folks see me as a human who's got four degrees and on her way to get a fifth one. And yeah, like, amazing. it's just amazing. Like, I've, I've done the work and I'm, yeah. I'm an intelligent person. And yeah. so I think that, um, do, do I think that things are getting better? I think that every day is a process. Everyone's on mm-hmm. a different journey. Um, and like I said, we have 140 folks that work in my organization. Not all 140 of those folks are on the same level as it relates to equity or diverse, yeah. diversity or inclusion. And that's just, that's how it is everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I can speak for myself and say, like, I say it all the time in in the meetings that I lead as it relates to, you know, the I work. I am not always the best, you know, ally, you know, mm-hmm. to folks of color that sit next to me because I get so enthralled in my own narrative of being a black woman that I don't know what an Asian woman might go through. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I do take the time to stop and learn. And I think that's the thing that folks need to do more of is yeah. figuring out how to take the time to stop and learn. I'm not Mm going to speak for you because I'm not an Asian woman, but I can stand beside you as a black woman who understands microaggressions and racism and systematic racism in America. So yeah, I think, I think, you know, we're moving, but it's all dependent on the individual and the system that which they are, you know, complacent to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know again, going off tangent, but um, I'm really, really interested in this. Um, I think allyship, there's been a, well, I'm certainly hearing the term allyship a lot more. What do you think that um, people can do to be better allies? Yeah, so I think, like I said before, listening, it starts yeah. at the ground level. And that's one thing that I mentioned in our diversity, equity, inclusion class last semester um, was, and that was one of the questions folks had. It's like, you know, how do I become a better ally? And it's like, I I don't really like those kind of terms because Mm. even in that, it's sort of like this checkbox. Mm -hmm. But if your question is, how do I better combat systemic racism so that folks that don't look like me have a better opportunity to be accepted and, you know, well-received and have equal playing field, then I think it starts with listening and not in putting your own narrative on other folks' narrative. So you can't, Mm -hmm. as a white person, tell me what my experiences are as a Black woman or tell me that things don't happen um, Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, mansplain or gaslight or whatever, you know, any of those terms. It starts with listening and listening to understand, not to combat or rebut or share an experience you've had or try to find commonality, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. And so I think that's really the part we need to to get to is getting back to the basics of listening and accepting that some screwy crap happened in this country and and other countries as well. And that the system and the concept of whiteness impacts us so much that it has outspread across Mm. this, you know, this world, really, Mm -hmm. if you think about Mm it. And the way that it shows up um, is in the simple fact that we can't even listen to someone else's experience and accept that that actually happens. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that. Um, And I think, yeah, I've, I I think it will be helpful for hopefully helpful for um, the listeners as well. (laughs) 